For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the show for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I am super excited. I am stoked to use that language about today's show. I'm going to be joined by Justin Brown. He's a video expert, and we're going to talk about how to do video like a pro using your smartphone. And let me tell you, this is an important episode because so many of us are recording videos with our smartphones. And whether we're doing them because we're going to edit them and produce them later, or whether we're going live on Periscope or on Facebook, doing video with our smartphones has become very important for marketers. And this is the first show that I've done that brings a true expert on, and we're going to talk, we're going to geek out. We're going to talk about equipment, we're going to talk about composition, all the things that I know that you as a marketer absolutely need to know. A couple quick things. Podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com comes straight to my inbox. And with that, let's move on to this week's brand new discovery. After introducing a vegetarian diet to piranhas, look what Michael Stelzner discovered. Just envision piranhas eating strawberries. (laughs) All right. This week's discovery is uh, a very powerful tool. If you are ever in a position where you are trying to get on a session with Skype or you're trying to get your internet to work because you're going to be doing some live video or and you just can't seem to get to the bottom of what's going on, this is called speedtest.net. Speedtest.net is a website. They also have an app. And it's very simple but very powerful. With the push of a button, it will do a download and an upload speed for you. Test. And it's the upload in particular that you need to care about if you're ever using anything live, like webinars or Skype or going live on live video. And you can run speedtest.net before you go live and before you get on the Skype session or whatever to make sure that your upload speed is fast enough that the person on the other end can hear you. And this is what so many of us get wrong is we think, oh, we've got super fast download speeds. But it's the upload speed that's the critical factor when you are communicating with people in real time. So watch for those upload speeds. You want them to be at least a couple megabits a second, ideally a lot more than that. Um, And that will allow you very quickly to kind of isolate problems because a lot of times many of us have been on situations where people say, you're breaking up, we can't hear you. 
that's when running the speed test would be very valuable. And then you can kind of, you know, try to dissect what in the world's going on. Is there other people on your network that could be ruining the speed for you? Is there something going on in on your computer that could be messing with your upload speeds? Um, for example, syncs and stuff like that. So check it out. Speedtest.net is the best site that I've found to do these kind of things. And what's great is they do have an app on your smartphone. And when you're on your smartphone and, and you're on Wi-Fi in particular, running a speed test would be very valuable on Wi-Fi because maybe you're on your laptop and you're in your home and you're in your office, but you don't realize that you have a weak upload connection where you are. Move around until you get a really fast upload connection and test out whether or not you can hardwire directly to your router as well. So check it out, speedtest.net. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. Let's transition over to today's awesome interview with Justin Brown. Helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide. Today I'm joined by Justin Brown. If you don't know who Justin is, he's a video pro who specializes in helping marketers look awesome on camera. He's been a coach, producer, and cameraman for 25 years, and he's come from the extreme sports industry, which I can't wait to find out more about. You can find out more about Justin at primalvideo.com. Today we're going to focus on how to use your smartphone to create really awesome pro-looking video. And this is going to be really useful whether you are recording video that you're going to use later or whether you're using your smartphone to go live on Facebook or other social media. Um, Before we get into this, Justin, I got to know a little bit of your backstory. Tell everybody about how you got into video and tell us a little bit more about some of these cool sporting uh, video shoots that you've done. Okay, cool. Well, I, I guess um, since I was a really young, really little kid, um, my dad always had a video camera and he was always filming us. So I guess that was probably my first introduction to video cameras because in all the footage that you look back at and it's always, Dad, can I can I have a look? Can I have a look? Can I have a turn? So I guess it really progressed from there. Um, growing up as kids, we always grabbed the camera and started making little you know, mock-up TV shows and we'd watch them back on the TV. Hmm. That really progressed from there um, and eventually started editing. I think it was in really early versions of Windows Movie Maker and then uh, into Adobe Premiere version 4. So that's like pre-2000 sort of um, times. Um, From there, I mean, I've been a lifeguard at uh, my local beach and I got um, really uh, heavily into the boat racing, the the power boat, the motorboat racing there. Um, And I guess from there I was creating videos from from um, from all the highlight reels, like boats flipping, people falling out, that kind of stuff. So I really sort of uh, enjoyed editing high-paced videos of you know action action sort of things. So then um, I kind of uh, pivoted a little bit, you could say, and I ended up doing uh, underground mine training videos. So I sort of underground got my, uh, mines. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's like underground coal mines. So that was a bit of an eye opener. Uh, interesting work. Not a lot of light, um, huh? Yeah, not a lot of light. So it makes it very difficult to film in underground, but also that you uh, it's a high explosion risk uh, area. So you, all your gear has to be totally approved for use underground. So it was that was definitely um, an experience. 
so from there, I actually um, got my first break into extreme sports when I had to interview a big wave surfer. And it turns out that this guy was um, Mark Visser. He's a professional big wave surfer. So from there, I actually ended up working closely with him, producing his documentary TV series, traveling all around the world, filming all of his big wave surfing and antics. I had to uh, train with them, um, breath hold training uh, and, and just normal sort of gym fitness. Um, he, he's actually the guy that um, surfed Jaws in Hawaii at night at 2 in the morning. And I think it was about 30 or 40 foot waves he's surfing at 2 in the, two, That's crazy. Two in the morning. Um, yeah, I had to learn to solo skydiving. I mean, these guys were doing some pretty crazy stuff, like throwing jet skis out of planes to, to um, sort of – surf these remote surf locations in the middle of nowhere. So it was um, it was pretty full on, the action sports, but, yeah, really awesome. And then somewhere along there I got into uh, the documentary space where um, I mean, I'm currently wrapping up a documentary. It's actually launching next week. Um, and, and, and I've kind of progressed into sort of giving back and teaching people about video production um, because as far as I'm concerned, like, we're all told we need to do video production, you know, for marketing to in order to sort of get that edge and to get your message out. But for a lot of people, it's it's really hard, uh, and there's a lot of sort of aspects that make it hard. But I, I think that your gear shouldn't be one of them, and you don't need to necessarily run out and book a full production team in order to to get your message out. So that's really our goal at Primal Video. I mean, we help people get up to speed with video allowing them to 10x their results by removing any barriers or excuses that people have around creating videos. So when did you move from being the guy doing the video and the editing to the guy teaching it? When did that come on the scene? So I guess Primal Video, we launched it last year, but I'd been running workshops and and really sort of helping my clients out um, on that level for probably the last two or three years. Um, but it wasn't until we, um, just before we launched Primal Video, we were really looking at it and I was looking at the sort of projects that I enjoyed working on. And I actually had more fun teaching my clients how they could do it themselves with, you know, with simple things like smartphones. Um, you know, it got to the point where I'd be going out to, to shoot a sales video or something for them or a heap of testimonial videos. And it's like, you know, I think you guys could be doing this yourselves um, and you'd be able to then create more content and, you know, and, you know make the dollar go further on some levels. But it, it's all about creating the content. So it, it, kind of, it was a hard transition because obviously you're invoicing these people at the time. Right. You know, you're getting money from them to be there. But at the same time, in order for them to grow easier, um, you know, it, it was a logical step to teach, to, you know, to give back and help people produce them themselves. Well, folks, you can tell that Justin has a heck of a lot of experience in extreme circumstances doing video, so he understands what it's like to do pro work, and that's why it's so fun to talk about how you can do what appears to be professional video using nothing but your smartphone. So um, let's start. We're going to break down some of the elements that are necessary to create nice-looking videos uh, with your smartphone. Let's talk about light. Um you know, where do you want to start with that? Because obviously a lot of people might not understand it's important when it comes to how important it is when it comes to, to video. 
Okay, because I guess there's two there's two sort of things. You can go and grab your smartphone and just start recording and you're going to get a video out of it. But in order to make it look professional and sound professional, then there's a few things that you need to do or can do and they're simple things in order to really take that up to the to the next level. And lighting is definitely a key element with video production and it's, it's something that's going to dramatically increase the quality and the professionalism of your videos no matter what the situation is. So... I guess you've got a couple of options when it comes to lighting for you for you know capturing videos with your smartphone. Typically, if it was like a, a normal DSLR, you would have an on-camera light or something that's just lighting up your subject. But you can do exactly the same thing with your smartphones. You can you can get um, and we'll get into gear. I'm assuming at some point soon. But you can get like a rig or a mount for your smartphone that you can put a light on top of. Even if you don't have that, use a desk light. Use the lighting that you've got. In, in your environment, in your office, in your studio, whatever it is, you use the gear that you've got around you. You don't need to run out and buy all this new gear, but lighting is key. You need to light up your face. If you've got harsh light coming in from a window, then you need to counteract that to light up the other side of your face with with a light. So like I said, use a desk light, use any, yeah, talk, any sort Talk of to us about the basic elements of light. Like when we're, when we're filming a face, you yep. know, talking like where should the points of light be? You mentioned that if you've got harsh light coming in, you need to counteract that. So kind of the best you can describe knowing that we're listening to this and not seeing this, how would you recommend maybe setting up some lights? So I guess I, I the approach that I take while the background that you're filming in plays a huge role, I, I guess the, the primary, the primary you know, the primary thing that you're creating is the content. So the content is the key and the person pushing the content or giving the content is yourselves. So you need to be lit first and lit, you know, well first and foremost. Besides that or outside of that, if you've got the time and the ability, then also light up the background as well. So the key to lighting yourself is that you've got an even light across your entire face so that, you know, people can connect with you. Some some shadow is good because it will create some depth on the face and you can get some details out. But really harsh shadows aren't ideal. But so in saying that, if, if the office or the situation or the, the circumstances that you're filming in has a harsh light, like has a window and there's bright light coming in, well, I wouldn't say, I mean, I don't want to use that as an excuse for people to go, well, I can't film in this room. So, well, what if there's yeah. blinds on it? Can you adjust the blind so that the light partly comes through? Yes, 100%. You can definitely, you know, do, do your best to reduce that element. So if it's lighting, then yes, close the curtains um, and use, you know, as, as close as you can get to a fully controlled environment, the better is, is probably the, the quick answer. So closing all the windows, shutting the doors. But I guess some natural light coming in can actually create a really cool effect for your videos. And using settings in your camera and using a couple of lights that you may have lying around, or if you're going to buy some lights, we can talk about that too, um, then yeah, you just can counteract to light up your face. Yeah, let's talk about light for a little bit. Um, and by the way, I also want to talk about outdoor lighting as well. But like okay. what kind of, let's talk about some, what kind of equipment, let's talk about light equipment that we should purchase. Um, is there a certain kind of piece of equipment that you recommend? Um, or like, let's just say, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want to guess. So you tell me what, what do we need? 
Okay, so there's really there's a couple of different circumstances when you're going to be filming. You could be filming selfie style and holding your phone and, you know, if you've got no one else there. You could then have someone using their phone to film you. So you, that's that's the next progression. Or the third is that your, your phone is on some sort of tripod. So lighting in each of those three circumstances could be totally different based on the resources and people that you have available. So what I would recommend at this sort of lower end of scale or bare bones end Entry level is at least one light, and on on Amazon you can pick up an LED light panel um, for around twenty dollars or, or twenty to thirty dollars. So we're not breaking the budget here. There's a brand called Newer that makes a uh, 160 LED light. N-E- is it N E W E R? N E E W E R. Gotcha. And is this light something that stands on a on a pole, or is it attached to a rig, or what's the deal? So you can either attach it to a rig. It does come with a, um, a hot shoe adapter, which is the little plug on the top of your DSLRs, which a lot of your iPhone and, and smartphone rigs will have as well. But what you can also do is mount that on a tripod or a stand or, or really, I mean, I don't want to scare people here, you know, by saying, okay, now I need another tripod or whatever. You put it on a bookshelf, put it on, you know, raise it up with books. To get the or if you're sitting at a table, you could stick it technically on the table, right? Couldn't you? That's right. Yes, 100%. So I guess these are the sort of barriers that we try to break down. We don't want people to go, wow, I've now got to go and spend thousands of dollars of gear. Uh, I mean, you've got your phone. That's the primary primary tool. So now we're just making it look better. So yes, so for 20 to $40 uh, US on the um, on Amazon, you can pick up an LED light panel. And, and it's, a, it's a thin light with you know, a huge amount of light that's thrown out of it um, to to light up a, a person or the talent on camera. The next level beyond that, um, I would look at two softbox lights. Now, a softbox light is essentially just a light on a stand um, and inside it is typically between one and five light globes. And it's, a, it's um, just to describe it, it's, a soft, it's called a softbox. So what it is, is it's a, looks like a black box that sits on top of this stand. And it's got a diffuser on it, which pushes out a soft light onto your It's subject. almost like an umbrella kind of material, right? Isn't it or something it is. like that? Yes, yeah. it is. Yep, yep, perfect. So I guess using these tools, I mean, you can pick up a softbox lighting kit on Amazon. They're really big for, though, right? Aren't they? Don't they take a lot of space? They do take up a lot of space. Yeah. So that's that's sort of the downside. Above that, if, you, if, you, if you're limited for space, then you could also look at some much bigger LED light panels. But the price on those goes up considerably. I think you're looking around 600 to to 1,000 um, to, to get some LED ones, which take up way less room. But um, yeah. It, and you should never all... use the light on the actual phone itself, right? Or should you? I would always recommend against using the light unless you really need to. I, I guess it comes down to if you're creating content really impromptu and you, you I mean, use what you have. And if that's the only light that you've got, then you, that's better than no light. Got so it. then use it. But if you've got something else available and, and a lot of these things that we're going to be talking about, you can actually just carry in your, your, your backpack or your travel bag with you so that you've got them handy. What about when you're outside? Where do you need to stand in relationship to the sun? Would it be better to be in the shade? What's your thoughts on that? I think the shade is definitely the best option. It'll give you the uh, most even light across your your, your face. 
Um, if that's not possible, then make sure that you don't have um, sort of your camera full facing the sun because it will, it, you know, I guess well, you don't have all the full controls over your camera, over your smartphone cameras that you would with big professional gear. So it does limit you in the the, the quality and, and, and the shots that you can achieve. And you so don't want to look into the sun as the subject because then you're going to be squinting, right? That's right. But I guess it's better to be slightly squinting and to have a clearer shot than to have you sort of silhouetted in the image. So it, it is um, kind of 50-50 on that. But I would always, if I had to pick, I would try and make the subject or the person on camera squint as little as possible. But you know, if that's what's needed, then I'm going to pick the squinting over a bad shot. Would it be better to have the sun off to the side so that you reduce the squint and it's not you know, backlit? So if, I, I guess it depends on time of day because if it's um, sort of, you know, al- almost midday, you're going to get really harsh light from the sun, a really bright light, which means you're going to get harsh shadows. Mm. So if it was early morning or late afternoon, then yes, having the, the, the light off to the, the sun off to the side would be, would be ideal. Um, I think we might want to talk about rigs now because I think a lot of people don't realize that you can like attach, like you, we already hinted at the fact that you can attach these lights yes. to rigs. So let's talk about the rigs for a second, then we'll come back to all the other stuff that's related, like the audio and maybe even okay. lenses. So talk about the kinds of rigs that are out there for smartphones and why, why we might want one. So it's actually a pretty crazy market at the moment because everyone is starting to create content rapidly, then uh, the, the whole iPhone, smartphone rig uh, industry is booming and there's so many options. And I, I guess just a quick Amazon search, you'd probably be pretty overwhelmed <laughs> in thinking, which one should I get? Personally, I'm a big fan of, uh, of a product called an iographer. And it's, it is a rig, so you, you mount your phone in the middle of this unit. And, and on top of that is a heap of mounting options. Um, it's also got two handles, so it's a handle on either side. So I guess the key to creating then a stable image is to get your hands off the phone. Wherever possible, that is like my golden rule, get your hands off the phone. Mm. If you're going to try and do something selfie style, then I... I I hate to say it, but use a selfie stick. Uh, it would be much more stable than you holding your arm out, plus you'll get a better shot. But something like the iographer, um, especially if you've got someone that can hold the, you know, hold the phone for you while, you while you're presenting, would be ideal. But these also allow you to mount them to a tripod so that you've got the best of both worlds there as well. So it, it's the full sort of mounting solution. And there's a few different options. So an iographer is just under $60.00. Um, you can also get a mini tripod um, with a smartphone adapter, and and you can pick those up for around fifteen dollars. So again, we're not, we're not really breaking the bank with this. Um, right. You can progress to things called Gorilla Pods, which a lot of people, a lot of vloggers online, like people like Casey Neistat, use. They're around $100, uh, but you have the flexibility to – they're flexible tripods, so you can bend them around and, and – Are these the ones on that have like things. little balls that make up the tripod? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. And they're, 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 are they, they tend to be kind of short, right? Aren't they meant for a desk or something like that? You can get them all different sizes, but yes, um, yeah, t- typically they're made for on a desk. So again, to adjust the height, to get the height right, you could use things like books or whatever else to get to that height. But in regards to you know, the mounting your, your phone, wh- wherever you can use a tripod, 
um, or you know anything to get your hands off it and to get a stable shot, I would always recommend 100%. So a tripod um, and a great travel tripod that I use. It, it's um, it's it's ninety dollars and it's called the Silk Video Sprint Two. It's one I'd highly recommend. But again, just an Amazon search and you'd be able to find the tripod that suits for you. Size-wise, if you're not worried about traveling and you're just going to leave it set up in your in your office or home office, then you, you might offer something a bit bigger. But the key then is to get something that um, if you're going to be standing up and doing your videos, that it goes to the right height. If you, if you want to be able to sit down at a desk, that it goes down low enough so it's going to sit on your desk. So those are the things to look for when you're looking at sort of a tripod to then mount your phone onto. Yeah, uh, we we have an iographer rig, and we also have um, and Amazon has their own branded tripod. A couple things that are that are a good tripod will have some sort of a lever in the middle that allows you to raise it up or down. Um, yes. Once you get the tripod into position, because you might want to raise it up or down. Um, why don't you talk to why that might be important? Is it is it best to have? Let's assume we're putting a smartphone inside of a. Uh, a, a rig and we're putting it on a tripod just because that's the ideal situation at what height should we put the camera straight onto the face above the face below the face what's what's your thoughts on that well i guess the, my, my straight out answer would be that you should always be looking down from from a professional level at the at, camera uh, should be uh, looking down that, that you the person the talent on camera should be slightly looking down at the camera and, oh. and it shouldn't be obvious it should just be slight very slight looking down almost looking straight ahead but slightly down a lot of um, a lot of people now you see on YouTube they have their videos and they're they're like insanely looking up now I guess from a technical perspective everything that you see in film and, and all really well shot videos um, it's actually it's a power position to be slightly looking down. Um, so it, that means the camera should be slightly below your eyes is what you're saying, right? Yes, that's it. Camera slightly below your eyes. So when you're looking at it, uh, if, you're, if, you're, you know, if you're the one on camera, you're slightly looking down at the lens. Now, a lot of these rigs allow you to um, add lenses, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on adding lenses on top of the standard lens built into the smartphone. Perfect. So yes, I guess adding lenses gives you a whole other level of creativity that you can bring in um, into your video creation. So I, where it becomes really valuable is especially in the real estate market where if you're going to be creating videos, if, if you brought out a full production team, they would be shooting the house, for example, on a wide angle lens to make the rooms look bigger. Mm. So you now have that ability to do it with your smartphones by using things like wide angle lenses. Um, if you need to be able to zoom in more, I wouldn't recommend using the, the zoom feature on your smartphone. Use a lens so that way you're not going to lose any quality. A telephoto lens? A telephoto lens, yep. yep. Yeah, and um, we we found the lenses, the wide angle lens, we use a lot actually, and it just, I don't know what it is, but it just kind of, um, what's cool is it just kind of it kind of goes onto the rig, and somehow it's lined perfectly with, in this case, the iPhone, which is what I have, but I know they work with other other phones as well, and it just kind of, I don't know, it just adds a little more professionalism to the actual look and feel of what you would normally expect from an iPhone, doesn't it? it I would imagine you could add fisheye too if you really want to get creative, couldn't you? Yeah, if you're doing any sort of skateboarding movies, you could definitely add, uh, add fisheye. But I guess the wide angle just makes your shots look more cinematic as well. But you've got to be aware then that you are going to bring in more of your background, which right. could be good or bad depending on the uh, area or the space that you're working in. And, and it's also important to know that if you're going to use lenses, it's usually the front, not the rear-facing camera, right? It's I mean, Wait, am I getting that backwards? It's not the selfie 
mode that you're putting these lenses on, it's the other mode, right? So you, if you're going to use the lenses, you need someone looking at the camera, right? Well, you can actually get them for both, um, but wherever possible, um, if you can use the rear-facing camera, which typically means that you need to have someone else there to to control the camera and monitor the camera. So the camera on the, the side without the, without the display is what you're saying, right? That's right. But I guess just on that then, uh, while I would always recommend to use the front-facing camera, it is a lower-quality image that you're actually getting out. The the cameras on the, the back of your, your phones are is a much higher, much higher-quality uh, image. But there is one way that you can actually record your videos solo and monitor because it's key to monitor. If something happens with lighting or you know it stops recording, you'd want to know before you actually walk back around to realize. So you can actually set up a laptop next to your um, next to your tripod if you're using a tripod next to your, next to your phone setup, and you can use a piece of software called Reflector or Reflector Two. Okay. And, and what that does is it mirrors your phone screen over to your laptop, and it works on both Mac and on Windows. Um, and that way, you can actually look at your laptop screen uh, while, while, you know, from time to time. Not, not you know, keep, keep your eye contact on the camera. But um, for framing for, purposes, you can see how it's going to look before you hit record, right? One hundred percent. And for for fourteen ninety nine, it is reflected to the app. It's um, it's it's an awesome tool to give you higher quality videos because you're then able to use the rear facing camera on your. Smartphones. I learned this the hard way, but put your camera in airplane mode. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I definitely have that as a tip here for you as well. Yes, and it's the kind of thing that you should actually only do once. Yeah, that's that's a good lesson. <laughs> yeah, because like all it takes is someone to call like your mother right in the middle of a of a shoot. <laughs> that's it. That's <laughs> and it. everything goes down. The, let's talk about audio because I know audio is a big part of it as well, and we haven't touched on that yet. Talk to me about what we ought to be doing with um, different kinds of microphones. Okay, well, I, I personally feel that audio is probably more important than video. I guess if you make any mistakes with your video, then you can just replace the video footage with things like slides or graphics or stock video footage. But if you get bad audio, there's not much that you can do to fix it. So personally, when I'm filming, um, I like using wired gear, like uh, wired lapel or lavalier microphones, because there's less chance of something going wrong. And to me, that's key. I mean, if, if I had to go and reshoot something, then that's a total pain and a total waste of time. So it, it's all about doing things once and doing things right. So there, are, I mean, you can pick up a uh, lavalier microphone. Uh, there's, there's one that I recommend, and it's called a Boya, B-Y-M-1. And it's you spell Boya, B. O-Y-A. So it's, it's a... Okay, hold on. Wait, wait. It's B-O-Y-A is the brand. And then what was the model number? B-Y-M-1. And what, what is it? What, is it a lapel mic? It is a lapel microphone. It's actually got um, an insanely long 20-foot cable. Ooh. It sells on Amazon for $20. But where it's awesome is that you can actually run two of them into your smartphones if you buy a cheap $9 splitter. So you can actually do interviews... Um, wired, so you've got no chance of you know interference by running wireless. There's less chance of background noise being picked up because you're not using a uh, you know, a microphone that's a long way away. So so that's what I use. That's my go-to for any sort of recording, uh, especially with smartphones. They actually work on DSLRs as well. So they really um, it's got a little adapter switch on it. So if you're using a DSLR, you flick the switch. Um, so I, I just think it's fantastic and and best bang for buck microphone that um, that I've used. What kind of splitter do we need for that? 
So we'd say you'll need a three-pole to four-pole splitter. And it's P-O-L-E? Yes. Okay, cool. Is there a particular brand? Um, you can th- – there's heaps of them available online. Okay. Obviously, with anything audio adapters, the better, you know, the look better the, the look connections. Look the reviews, that, yeah. That's it. Read the reviews. Yeah. And what are, you, what are you talking for a splitter? How much would that cost typically? Um, you can pick them up for 2 or $3, but the better ones are around the $9 mark. Gotcha. That's amazing. All right. So, so far, um, we've, talked about, we've talked about tripods and mobile rigs, and, and really the benefit there is the stability of the, of the picture, right? Um, yes. We've talked about lenses. We've talked about lights, and we've talked about audio. Um, I want to talk about um, composition. I know we've already talked about how you should use the camera that's on the side where there is no display, which is, is that, that's called the rear facing camera. Is that right? Yes. Yep. That's it. Um, what other tips do you have for those of us that are, and this is particularly helpful for those that are going to go live on Facebook, for example, you know, what tips do you want to give those of us that are going to be talking directly into the camera um, as far as where we ought to position our bodies, eye contact and all that fun stuff? Okay, so there's a few things that I've got that uh, sort of like a, a few steps that you should look at before you actually press the go button. And and the, the key one that a lot of people miss is to clean the lens before you actually start shooting. So oh, it wow. is your phone. So it's up against your face. So it could have makeup or any dirt or grime or anything on there. You know, rule number one, step number one, clean your lens. Okay, what do you? Um, okay, uh, this is kind of a simple question, but how should we clean them? If you've don't like, you can use those little um, like sunglass cleaners, uh, the, the the little cloths that come with your sunglasses. Right. That would be ideal. If you don't have one of those, uh, I, I guess a, a, a shirt, you, yeah. a t-shirt would be fine. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So clean the lens. What's next? Yep. What else should we do? Set up your tripod or your phone to the level that we just spoke about before, somewhere just just below eye level, and and use your tripod. If you if you don't have enough height in your tripod, stack some books up, use a, a bookshelf, use whatever it is to get your phone to the right height. But whatever it is, don't handhold, you know, st- selfie style. Don't, don't right. handhold your phone. Right. Well, especially cool. if you're going live, that's going to only last for a few minutes before your arm is going to get exhausted, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> so, um, where should we while- be? Where should we be inside the composition of the picture? I've, I've heard photography people saying that you should not be dead center. I'm just curious what your thoughts are on that. From a technical point of view, I would say uh, definitely slightly off one side or the other. Okay. But at the end of the day, if it's something that's going to be hard for you to monitor or you, you like to move around a lot, then stick to the middle. It's going to be better than way off to one side or the other. But technically, it, it's it's more visually pleasing and easier on the eyes if you are slightly off to one side or the other. Does it matter when you're in square mode? Because I know on Facebook Live, it is square video. Um, in that case, you don't have a lot of... Uh, space to the left and right yeah so i guess where that yeah the, the 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 rule breaker there is if you're in square square mode or facebook live then definitely stick to the middle uh, where where moving off to the side works well is if you're on landscape so a, a wide screen a 16 by 9 video then yeah slightly off center because it makes use of that the the extra space that's in the shot gotcha um what else should we just so, use the standard software on the iPhone or whatever, or should we use a special piece of software that allows you to do other stuff just out of curiosity? 
So the specials, the the, um, the built-in software on your iPhone and Android these days has come a long way. It never used to really be anything um, you know, really awesome, but now the the, the built-in apps are really good. They do give you almost full manual control. So I I would definitely recommend that if you're looking for something um, to take it to the next level and you really want control over everything, there's a great app called Filmic Pro. F I L M I C. P-R-O. And does and that it cost you, something? Um, there is a free version. Okay. Uh, and then there's also, I'm sure, I think it's just an ad-free version as well. Gotcha. And what does it so do for you? That lets you increase the quality beyond where the um, built-in cameras do. It also gives you access to really just get full control over every setting that you would have on like a DSLR or professional camera. Can you give us an example of something it could do that you couldn't do with the standard app on the phone? So you can adjust the bit rate, which is the amount of data coming in or the amount of data that's recorded. Mm. You can increase that far beyond what the normal, you know, the, the built-in camera would let yeah, you like do. I have so, an Ultra HD camera on my iPhone 6S. I would imagine I could probably mess around with some of that crazy functionality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So definitely. So what that will end up doing is you'll create larger file sizes, but with larger file sizes, you're getting in more quality. Gotcha. So, so from from a, a film, you know, film angle, you the the higher the quality, the 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 more uh, you can play around with it in your editing. So you can you can get um, better color corrections and those sorts of things. It's not something I'd say that you need to run out and be doing and, and upping your bit rate. But what Filmic Pro lets you do is is more control over the lighting. So you can adjust things like the ISO, which is your brightness and the level of light that's coming in. Um, it just gives you full control over everything. But for a lot of people, it's probably a bit of overkill. Gotcha. All right. Um, anything else that we need to be thinking about? We've talked about so much. Um, yeah. uh, what about the selfie sticks? I mean, like um, when we do have a selfie stick and there's circumstances where, we, where it makes sense, maybe when we're walking and filming ourselves, um, is there a certain way to hold the selfie stick? Do you want a longer selfie stick? Like, I found that if you put it right up against your ribs and as you breathe and stuff, you know, it's going to move around a lot. I'm just curious, what's your thoughts on selfie sticks? I guess the the number one thing with, with using a selfie stick, especially if you're walking around, and that would be the circumstance that I would recommend to use one, um, would be that you don't see the selfie stick in the shot, um, that it's held in a way that's comfortable for you because you're typically going to be holding it for a long time. So if you are holding it up at your ribs and it's not comfortable, then you're going to come across in your video as not being you know, relaxed and comfortable, which means the personality coming through isn't going to be there, which means you're not going to resonate with your, you know, your video is not going to resonate with your audience. So the whole thing falls down the moment that you're uncomfortable. So the number one thing is that you've got to be comfortable holding it, however. But then we look back at the the height that it should be at, and and if you're just looking down, at like slightly looking down at the lens in your in your phone, then you want to hold it so that your your selfie stick is giving you the right height first and foremost. So I, I guess those are some simple things if you're using a selfie stick. The other thing to be um, to be aware of with any filming, especially on smartphone, is that you want to keep the horizon in the background uh, level. Like you, you don't want to be filming on some sort of angle where you can see all the lines or buildings in the background aren't aren't vertical. Mm. So that's another like that's probably a key thing that people do with their videos to make them look unprofessional. So whether you're using a selfie stick or a tripod, make sure it's level. I think something else people don't think about is battery drain on a smartphone. 
And this, this is something that probably wouldn't happen with pro equipment so much, but probably makes sense to have a battery, a uh, remote battery backup kind of thing. Cause I realized just the other day I was going live on Facebook and my battery was low and I know it drains a lot out of the battery when you're going live. Um, and I just so happened to have one sitting around the office. So I just ran a USB cord into my phone and let it hang off the rig. And thank goodness I did that because I know I wouldn't have gone, been able to go for a half an hour like I did because the batteries just would have fully drained. So that's probably a good tip. What, what about what, any other things when we're live? Because live seems to throw an entirely new dynamic into it, doesn't it? Okay, so I guess the biggest thing about going live is that you need to have a good internet connection. And going live from your mobile means that you need to have good reception or you know a good speed uh, of internet before you go live. So before you press the go live button, I would highly recommend that you run a speed test. Mm-hmm. And there's a speed test app in both Android and, um, and iOS that you can get. And what you're looking for is you need to be on at least – two megabits per second upload to upload you know a 720p or an hd stream consistently it needs to be two to 2.5 megabits per second at a minimum yeah and that's that's really minimal too right i mean like ideally you want it to be a lot more than that right yeah, I'm talking bare, bare minimum. If you don't have that, I mean, ideally, you'd be looking four to five megabits per second. If you don't have that, you would be, well, highly suggest that you move somewhere else where you've got that or jump on a Wi-Fi that, you know, that, that has that. But um, the internet is the key. So besides that, you should always have a plan for your live stream. So um, just, you know, if someone's there and they're, they're trolling your live stream, what's your plan to, to sort of remove that without breaking you know, the the content that you're giving. You know, so I guess look at all the worst case things that could happen while you're going live. Uh, monitor things like maybe cars or trucks that could be coming past or loud noises or people that are going to be doing, you know, whatever in the background of your videos. Because it's live, you can't reshoot it. So you've just got to be more aware about the environment and what's going on around you. I found having done a lot of Facebook Lives that it's it's really difficult to look at the camera and remember to look at the camera, right? Because what happens is you find yourself looking at the comments, right? And depending on how you have your camera arranged, it could look like you're just not paying attention (laughs) because you're looking at the camera while you're talking. And that's one of those skills that's very hard to master. Like how can you keep talking? Because you don't want dead air, right? And, And still also make sure you're addressing people's questions. And that's, that's probably, I would say, one of the hardest things that you could do, especially if you're going to be creating content on a smartphone, doing it yourself. Because, you, I mean, by all means, use the front-facing camera. I know we had that discussion a while back. But if you can monitor everything yourself, then that's ideal. But the key then is not to look at yourself. And there'll be movement going on in that screen, you know, from, from you moving around and talking. And it's so distracting. And it's so hard just to focus back on the camera lens, but it's key. You need to be making eye contact with the people that you're talking to, with your audience. Without eye contact, uh, I, I guess the hardest part there is, as you said, you've got to read the, got to read the comments. But they'll understand that in a live situation. If you're not live, then there's, there's really no excuse. You, you need to be making that eye contact with them. If, if you're having a conversation one-on-one with someone, then you're, you're always making eye contact and it needs to be that level. Justin, I want to give you a chance to um, kind of summarize any closing thoughts about smartphone video and then share uh, where people can discover more about you and the awesome stuff you're doing. 
Cool. So I guess with, with smartphones, just look at them as it's just a tool to get the job done. You don't need to run out and, and, and buy like massive lights or, you know, awesome audio equipment with, with a simple microphone, um, with some basic lights, even lights that you've got around. You can dramatically improve the quality of the videos that you're creating. At the end of the day, content is the key. So by removing these these technical hurdles or you know barriers that you may have around creating the content your phone is more than enough grab a microphone use your lights and you'll be able to create something awesome and again practice is perfect just just create content and you'll get better and better so uh in in regards to um where people can find out more uh, if you'd like to check out primalvideo.com or our youtube channel uh, primal video and also you can follow me on twitter justin brown pv Justin Brown, thank you so much for sharing so much with us. I know a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, I'm going to listen to this again. I'm going to go look at the show notes. I'm going to go buy some equipment. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing your awesome insight with us. Thanks very much, Mike. It's been awesome. All I can say is wow, huh? Like there are so many different things that we talked about in today's episode and chances are pretty good that you want to check out some of the equipment we talked about or some of the apps we talked about and you just didn't catch it because you're out and about. Well, this is where the show notes came in. If there's ever an episode to check out the show notes, it's this one. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 205. That stands for episode 205. By the way, if you're a regular listener to the show, would you please consider giving us a rating and or a review? Helps us get discovered by more people. You can do it from your phone, socialmediaexaminer.com slash iTunes. And also, if you're new to the show, Hit that subscribe button on your player or get subscribed so that you do not miss a future episode of this show. And with that, this brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you in the driver's seat next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.